0: Welcome to Chatterbox Reds proudly sponsored by DSC Commodities. Chatterbox Reds and Chatterbox Sports is your home for Cincinnati Reds content all off season long. Myself and Trace Fowler had our second live show of the off season on Wednesday night on YouTube. We are planning to do weekly live shows on YouTube and podcasts for the rest of of the offseason. We'll also have some additional content, including some emergency shows as news breaks, exclusive interviews, and more. So make sure you subscribe to Chatterbox Reds, wherever you're listening to this podcast today, and Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Next week we will be live on YouTube on Tuesday night, a day earlier than the last two weeks. We'll be live at 9:30 PM with a podcast version up. We'll have plenty to talk about with the non-tender decisions and I'm sure some more Reds news and notes. Before we get to my conversation with Trace Fowler, I wanted to tell you about our proud sponsor of Chatterbox Reds, Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuel production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.DeepSouthCommodities.com. For more information, thanks as always to our friends at DSC. All right, without further ado, here's myself and Trace Fowler on Chatterbox Reds live on YouTube.
1: Well, hey, 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 everybody! I don't know if I did that as good as Elliot and or Nick, but uh, they both kind of start off every podcast with uh, what seems to be that type of phrase, which I like. Nick, I, I, I like. I'm not, I'm not downplaying it. I'm not, I'm not making fun of it. Um, I just wanted to try to emulate. Nick Kirby and I felt like it felt a little bit of flat a little bit of flatness to it there so uh that's here nor there we are uh we are back on a Wednesday night and uh it's good to see you Nick I I kind of miss you every so often not all the time to be honest but but every so often
0: you haven't had enough I mean I feel like six seven times a week's probably pushing it but you know once or twice I feel like we need that in our lives
1: yeah yeah no there's no doubt that during the season there's certainly times where you're like uh, you're you know you're just you're not that you're going through the motions, but you're kind of like okay, reds are reds are winning eight to two. Let's just so happen to say every so often though they lose eight to two, and you're thinking to yourself, man, what in the hell are we going to talk about tonight? And sure enough, we find something that we get fired up about, and uh, good to see the usual suspects in the chat. Nice to see you, everybody. Lovely to uh, to 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 get the group back together. I have been working. Uh, I don't want to call it day and night, but I have been working on the uh, the Chatterbox Reds site. Uh, we're gonna launch that hopefully right around Black Friday. Got some news in regards to what that looks like. Um, and you know, one thing really fast, Nick, before we get into all this fun stuff uh, that is the off season, is I just got an email, and we have Reds Fest tickets through the season ticket packages we purchased. I gotta figure out how to give those away. <clears throat> so. Keep on the lookout for that as well. Maybe that'll be next Wednesday's show, if we have a show Wednesday. I don't know. I just made that up.
0: I probably probably won't do Wednesday next week because that's uh, day before Thanksgiving. Well, I mean, you know, Uh, I I don't know. True, true. I mean, real, real,
1: real, real men that are committed to the to the craft. You know, they would do it on Thanksgiving if they had to, right, Nick?
0: Hell yeah! It's just two thirty in the afternoon. (laughs) Fired
1: up. I mean. (laughs) I'm sure that your your wife may be watching. Um my wife maybe not. I'm not sure, but it would be kind of funny if uh if I went up there to bed after the show and be like, Yeah, we got to talk and there's some big Reds news that we plan to hit on uh Thanksgiving morning. We we're gonna do a show right around one o'clock and just I'd love to just see the reaction that I get. Maybe I wouldn't, but uh it might be a funny little joke.
0: I think my wife would only be mad if I did it in the morning. The parade is the most Oh,
1: impressive. you're a parade guy.
0: Uh I'm I enjoy the parade. My wife, oh. and my wife and she, she wants the kids to be so into the parade. She loves the parade. So, mm. so it's I, your,
1: I, your household. I, I always turned on the parade and I got to be honest, Nick. I think to myself, how is this so popular? I mean, who is watching this? I mean, I, and there's just like, they got these poor announcers in the freezing cold telling you what balloons are coming up next. I'm like, Golly day, I don't understand. But but now I now I understand. The more you know. It's the Kirby's keeping Macy's in business. Good to know.
0: Let's let's uh update everyone where we're at with the off season calendar. Uh the big big one this week is the non tender deadline. We'll get to that. We did talk about that last week. Kind of feel like we've exhausted that, but we'll get to that since that is the the news of the week. Of course, Reds Fest coming up December first and second, and then the winter meetings, the fourth through the sixth. In that uh, draft lottery, Rule Five draft, this trace really kind of feels like the calm before the storm. Uh, we, we got past the World Series. We got like the Joey Votto news. Uh, we've you know got some other news around baseball, some rumblings, but it feels like we're a week, two weeks away from things really starting to uh, to pick up
1: yeah and i mean there's no doubt that it definitely there's some big big names on the market we all know who those are and i think that uh maybe that's going to be the the uh, proverbial kind of the dam bursting perhaps or, or the water breaking through the i guess the floodgates um so i i'll be interested to see how that all goes right um i know this sounds wild not till we get into some crazy you know rumor stuff or anything like that but like I actually have convinced myself that I would, I I would, I might be happy if the Cubs were to get Otani because I think that that could ultimately end up being one of the worst decisions in regards to the amount of money that is spent on a player in the history, only because there's that much money being spent. I'm not saying Otani's a bust by any means. He's a great player, best baseball player of all time, blah, 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 blah. But when you spend that much money on one asset, that is uh, I don't care who you are, that is a crazy risk and uh, and you've said it time and time again, Nick. I don't know how many times you said it, but the one thing that you say is that is truer than can it's the truest thing maybe you've ever said, is that even though these big market franchises can miss on some guys, if they do miss on a guy like that, it evens the playing field immediately you might as well consider them a smaller market type team because they're operating off the same type budget because they've wasted all their money somewhere else so I guess maybe that's part of me and my brain trying to prepare for the idea of having the best baseball player maybe of all time going to the Chicago Cubs but some of me I guess kind of relishes in the idea of that being a possibility I think it definitely could be a really bad
0: long-term contract I mean I don't know there's any question it would really hurt the reds over the next couple of years uh which that would be the part that would really sting it it's one of those things where
1: um, maybe if he can't yeah, pitch I mean, if he can't pitch that's a big deal that's all i'm saying like if he gets to the point where his arm becomes an issue i mean i know he's an unbelievable hitter yes but it, it, the reason you're paying somebody that much money is because you think they're going to be two different things
0: yeah I, I still think even some of the numbers that i've seen assuming he still hits at the level he hit last year, he's still going to be worth that in free agent dollar terms. Now, it's still going to be an exorbitant number and it, he's getting paid that because of pitching. I I if he's hitting at that level, I don't think whatever they're paying him is going to handcuff a franchise like the Cubs in, in the short term, but in the long term, yeah. I mean, that's that's the kind of move that can uh th- that goes wrong. It it in itself one singular move sends you into a rebuild.
1: Yeah. No, oh, you're right. Fair enough. All right. Listen, a couple of things, Nick, I'm being serious when I say this uh, partly because someone like myself could be educated from time to time, but we probably have a plethora of people and a good amount of people that listen to the show, watch this show. They might've picked up baseball just this past season. They might've picked it up after a long time. They might be, I don't want to call them casual is not the right word to use, but you know, someone that really might not be invested into the off season and what each thing means when we get into the Rule Five, and not that you need to have like this long, elegant um, way of explaining every single thing, but when we get into like these things, like the Rule Five and the non-tender here in a minute, if you could shed a little bit of light just on the idea of what the Rule Five just is in general, right? You have the Rule Five draft, yes. Explain that and what this Rule Five means and why these guys that are protected on it matter.
0: Yeah. So the the basic quick summary is you don't want players to be able to be stashed in the minor leagues forever. Uh, and this is a way to where that doesn't happen as much. I mean, there's still going to be some manipulation, but, uh, it's a way to keep that. I believe it's five years. Uh, after five years, you have to be on a players on a team's 40 man roster in order to be protected. Uh, so, uh, Reese Hines, uh, Christian Roa and, um, uh, Jacob Herta uh, reached that number this year among a ton of other players, but they're the ones that reached that. Okay. So the reds had to make a decision uh, by yesterday at six o'clock, if they wanted to put those guys on the 40 man roster or risk losing them. Uh, there'll be a rule five draft at the uh, MLB winter meetings. Uh, and basically anyone could pick up any player that, that, didn't get protected that has reached that. I think it's five-year uh, threshold. Now, the the caveat to this, uh, Trace, is that the player has to stay on the major league roster all year. So you just can't be going and you know picking up whoever you want. You take that player, you have to put them on your major league roster and, uh, and stay all year. The last one I remember was Stuart Turner. <laughs> He was a catcher for the Reds. And the, the dude, they kept him on the roster. You talk about three catchers. This guy they literally never played. I think he played less than Kirk Casale. And the Reds at the end of the year dumped him. I, it was a really weird situation. Uh, you don't see it as much with position players. You see it a lot more with pitchers. Um, uh, the, that that a team it's a lot easier to hide a reliever than right. it is to uh, and not to be negative, but relievers get hurt a lot. And that's also a way to put them, keep them on your roster. Uh, is being on the I.L. also counts as that. So, long story short, the Reds chose to protect Reese Hines, Jacob Herdeby, and Christian Roa. Quick, quick nuggets on each of those. Reese Hines, he was the most obvious choice here. Uh, he's the Reds, I believe, number 10 ranked prospect. Just turned 23. He's got insane power. Uh, if you watched uh, uh, Chatterbox Reds throughout the year, you might remember he went on this one crazy hot streak. He hit seven home runs in six games. Um, so he's definitely got that upside. Does strike out a lot, but did have some success cutting that down from 2022. He's got a great arm. Um, reports he's a pretty solid fielder. Uh, he's a guy that, that could make it to the big league club at some point next season. Um, so he was the most obvious. He's just a really talented guy. I think he's probably at least going to get a chance at some point to be a platoon player for the Reds as a right-handed bat. Uh, Then Christian Roa, he was the Reds 2020 second round pick. Uh, He's got crazy strikeout numbers, strikeout nearly 13 batters per nine innings, but he walks a ton of guys. Maybe in some ways has that Brandon Williamson feel. I don't think he has that amount of upside, but he does strike out a lot of batters. He's a guy that a team that, that, is maybe not competing like maybe the Oakland A's would take a chance on throw him in the bullpen, um, and, and so I think he was worth protecting. And then of course Jacob Hurt of he's the guy we heard about all year. This dude's just an absolute on base machine. He's got speed, doesn't have a lot of power, uh, but he's actually got I think a legitimate chance of making the opening day roster depending on what the Reds do. Uh, maybe that that next TJ uh, Friedel mold. Uh, so those were the three the Reds chose. The ones the Reds didn't of note, um, Jose Acuna and Bryce Bonin, I think those are the only two that have any sort of chance of getting picked up by someone else. But I, I think it's probably, the in the Reds' view, it's a risk you're willing to take because, again, you have to keep those guys in your – all right, you're going to put those guys on your roster all year. We'll, we'll take our chances with that. Um, so it seemed like this year there really wasn't as much controversy as as some other year or as, as many players like the year before Ellie de la Cruz and Noelvi Marte um, and uh Leon Richardson were added. So it wasn't like the, the huge names, but uh nonetheless that that's what the red decided to do and uh I mean it, it seemed pretty straightforward overall.
1: Back to Roa really quickly. One of the guys that was protected is, uh, and this is where obviously my lack of knowledge and you and, and guys like Bryce will be much more well aware of this, is he fall back to like a Joe Boyle type to where you just have electric stuff and just can't quite figure it out. And maybe there's a chance where, you know, there's some there's something there that just needs to get unlocked. Is that a relatively fair comparison or you really wouldn't go down that path?
0: Yeah, he probably doesn't have the the crazy like, strike out in the big league he doesn't have like that that 100 mile an hour fastball that Boyle has uh he probably has a little bit better command he's a guy that if you look through his game logs you can find some starts that he made last year especially towards the end of the year that were pretty good but he just had these other starts where he just couldn't find the strike zone um I did actually get to see uh him pitch with uh with Dayton uh two years ago uh, he looked really, really good, and then he lost his command, and that's kind of what what you would ex- expect out of yeah. is what we expected of him so far. But he's he's a young guy. He's definitely a guy that that's worth um, you know I think keeping around. He, he gives you rotation depth. He might end up being a bullpen guy, uh, but you know he's a second round pick in 2020. So um, I think there probably would have been a team that would have uh, given him a uh, taking a flyer on him if the Reds had, uh, had him go unprotected.
1: All right. Fair enough. The best thing, maybe the best thing about the offseason is rumors, Nick. I mean, this is, we talked about this last week, the trade rumors, you know, we, we both reminisced about back in the day when you didn't really have x.com, you didn't have all the ways to be able to get on the internet and find things in a, in a, in a glimpse of a, of, a, of an eye. And now, you go back in time and you think, man, what it would be like to go back to traderumors.com and just start reading all the craziness about what people have heard through executive, et cetera, et cetera. We still have some Reds rumors. Not not the craziest of of, of uh of of ones yet, but they're starting to swirl. Anything that sticks out to you?
0: Well, it uh the the one that kind of Came out of left field a little bit. John Heyman reported the Reds are interested in uh, Jamer Candelario, switch hitter, um, first base, third base. Uh, he was with the uh, the Nationals, got traded to the Cubs. Uh, he's a guy that, that's interesting. I know everyone's kind of expecting the Reds to look for an outfielder, not really expecting like the first base type. Uh, but w- when I saw that news, I was a little surprised that he kind of looked at it, looked at it up a little bit more he's definitely a player that there's no question would make the Reds offense better. Um, And and I wonder if the Reds are considering him because they're looking at the price of some of the, the outfielders like the, uh, the, the Jorge Solares, the Tiosca Hernandez, uh, the Gurriel juniors. And they're like, that price is just too much. We might be able to get this guy on a, one one year with an option something a lot smaller and 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 might still have the same value overall to add to our offense. I was a little surprised by this. What about you?
1: I think it comes down to what are they going to prioritize period. Um are they willing to spend extra on an outfielder or are they trying to save that money if you want to call it that and I know people hate using that term but that's the term I'm going to use. Are they going to try to save that money and and maybe splurge on a veteran starter that they trust? Uh, until until you get to the end of the road, which is probably spring training of, of, of next year, I don't know if you'll really fully know what their total plan is. Um, you'd like to think that, obviously, if they go out and make a big splash in regards to signing one of those veteran arms, or they do go out and get a Jorge Soler, then you can say, okay, then this was obviously a priority. Until they make that move, it's hard for me to know what exactly is going up their sleeve, because I definitely think that, that uh, you can say whatever you want about Nick Craw, I think that he's relatively honest. Most of the time, but I think he's got some gamesmanship too. Like I, I really do. I, I think the guys, uh, doesn't, I don't want to say he doesn't tell the truth on, on, uh, I think he doesn't tell the truth to give himself the best edge he thinks that he can give himself. Now, whether or not other GMs or other people in the industry are, are buying what he's selling, I don't know, but, uh, I certainly am not at times. And it's, it's just like they said that they, you know, with all due respect, what was it, two weeks ago, he said that he valued India highly and that he wasn't going to move. And then a week later, it was, you know, Jonathan India's. he's a, he's available, who wants him? I mean, I don't, you know, and I'm not trying to make fun or, or laugh about it. It's just funny to me how, how these things go inside these meetings, the negotiation tactics at an all-time high. So um, I'm not reading too much into that until I actually see them sign somebody, I guess is what I'm taking from it.
0: Yeah. Well, then speaking of pitchers, uh, the two first names that I think I've seen linked, I don't think I have saw any other, Bob Nightingale. Of course, we we do take some things Mr. Nightingale says with a grain of salt. <laughs> uh, he reported that the Reds are pursuing a veteran starting pitcher. Wow, really went on a limb there. Uh, he mentioned Michael Waka or Wade Miley. It wasn't clear in his uh, article, and this is real real deep in the the rumor season, wasn't clear if this was just pure speculation on Nightingale's part or if these names were actual names that, that he's heard the Reds in conversations. Uh, both of these guys make sense. Uh, I think probably it's fair to say, Trace, neither one of those guys, if that's all the Reds do, are going to really make the fan base excited. Um it's hard to really know if if that would be an okay move or not without seeing what the starting pitching market's gonna look like if the starting pitching market's insane and you, to get a, a a sunny gray you're gonna have to pay not not money but years just crazy it might make more sense to go with one of these guys uh, but it, you really have to see where that that market i think kind of settles and until you start seeing the first team that that goes out and does that, uh, that that's where we're gonna kind of have to be kind of stuck in this limbo. Uh,
1: if you made me pick one of the two, I would go with Waka. Um, it's it's just wild that Wade Miley's still kicking it, man. I mean, if you'd have told me on the back half of uh, of the season in which Wade Miley uh, was final season with the Reds was going to still be a prized free agent, or I guess that that's a strong word, prized, but you get my point. Hopefully. Uh, I would have called. I would have. I would have laughed out loud. Quite frankly, uh, I thought the guy was out of gas then, and clearly it was wrong. So, congratulations to him, Walkus. He's gonna be 32 next season, so that's not like he's uh he's fought fighting father time as well. We'll see what happens, Nick. Um, neither one of those kind of get me fired up though. Do they get you fired up?
0: I mean, they make the Reds better. I mean. Maybe I, the names, the names don't sound. I mean, Walker had a three point two two era. Walker
1: was good last year, but he's going to be 32.
0: W- yeah. Wade Miley had a 3.14 era. I don't worry as much about the age as I do the years. Uh, I, I've said it before. I'd rather go out and sign a 38 year old pitcher uh, that I think could still be good in, in, in the next year to a one year deal than a 33, one-year-old 32-year-old pitcher to like a seven eight-year deal uh I I don't have an issue with that the Braves have kind of done that with like Charlie Morton uh they keep re-signing him until his arm falls off uh but they're signing him to short-term deals so it it, well yeah it might completely blow up but if it blows up it's one year it's not gonna linger year after year after year which is the thing that I'm most you know cautious about with the Reds the thing with Miley that he was really good last year he's but in 2018 he only made 16 starts 2019 pitched a full season 2020 he was hurt uh and that was a weird season but he wasn't ready for the opening day rotation 2021 with the Reds he almost pitched a full season and then last year only made 8 starts and then the year after he made 23 starts so again not I don't have a problem with that if you're signing him on a discount uh because of those injuries sure like take take the player to at a discount, but you can't be signing him as a guy that you're banking on because there's just not enough, uh, uh, of a track record of recent, you know, being able to stay healthy. That, that would warrant that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Nick crawl and we're going to get to his comments here in just a second. I mean, he's made a statement that says he's looking for guys that are reliable inning eaters for the most part. I don't think that's verbatim what he said, but that's what he was getting after. Um, I know that there's not that many Bronson Arroyos just just kind of uh, floating around Major League Baseball right now, but in all seriousness, that's the type of arm that that the Reds are hoping they can find is a guy that can go out there and just eat up some innings, and he's not obviously going to be a frontline starter by any means, but at the same time, you 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 give this staff a little bit of a break, and especially the bullpen. Um, which I don't think that they're going to be completely satisfied with this offseason either. Nick Crawls has mentioned that. Uh, it it ultimately comes down to what areas do we feel like the Reds would have a significant issue in um, if there were to have, let's say, a couple injuries. And the first thing that comes to mind for me um, probably would be, in my opinion, as crazy as it sounds, relievers. Which I just it may, maybe, but again, I, if you'd have told me last season that this bullpen was going to be unbelievable, I laughed at, laughed out loud as well. So I, I'm I'm starting to buy into your theory that is the the relievers are just a dime a dozen and you, you, it's a crapshoot. Hopefully, say a prayer and you might get lucky. But you know, I don't know how many of these guys in the bullpen do you do you trust? Is the question? I don't know.
0: I don't need to trust a lot of them. I just need a lot of them. Like. You know, I feel like a lot sure, of these teams, fair. you know, you need to have depth that's in AAA that you can call up that that's ready. and the Reds had some of that, like Daniel Duarte was a guy they could ship back and forth and he was uh, as successful as anyone at times. Right. um um and so i I don't necessarily worry about having the high end relievers, and I think Alexis Diaz and Lucas Sims are are certainly there. Fernando Cruz at the end of the year, uh, outside of a couple of performances was definitely trending that way. Mm-hmm. but uh for me it's all about just that depth and i don't want to go too far ahead because i want to save some for crawls uh, comments that we'll play here in a little yeah. bit because that's really really interesting but the last two rumors i don't think we need to have a discussion on them unless you really feel the uh the the desire uh oh jonathan india rumors uh both yeah. bob nightingale and jeff Passon reported that jonathan india is likely to be traded i feel like we've exhausted that but uh, that was there <laughs> And uh, then Bob Nightingale also reported the Reds are expected to non-tender Nick Sinzel ahead of Friday's deadline. Uh, some of Nick crawl's comments, I'll get to it in a second, though. The fact that he mentions them specifically, it just, I keep us a pause on 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 this. I'm very confused by this, and maybe it's a whole big nothing burger. Um, and crawls just talking about people that are currently on the roster and isn't at all changing anything. But that's
1: yeah. your Reds Rumors. All right, so let's do this. Uh, We do have some Nick Crawl comments. We're gonna play the comment. We'll let it obviously end. Share a quick little powwow about uh, just kind of our thoughts on the comments themselves, and then um, I guess we'll have a a fair discussion, Uh, maybe a debate. I don't know if a debate's in the cards tonight, uh, tonight or not, but we'll find out. You never know. You never know when those things pop up. But here's the here's Nick Crawl's comments uh, on the trade market. The Trade uh, market around the trade deadline this past season, uh, everything w- that you read and, and even things that you have said, uh, it was a steep market. How do you foresee the trade market this offseason? Do you have a gauge on that yet?
2: Uh, I think we're still working through that right now. You know, We're still trying to figure out who who is... And who is willing to move players? Uh, I think you know there's teams that are in the market that might be looking for a free agent. That you know they they're they're trying to figure out how how to balance that as well. So um, I think it's still feeling our way through that.
1: Well, I don't know. You know, this sounds a little bit of like a political answer. Um, your overall take, your overall take on the uh, the answer that was uh, about the market in general, Nick.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's very much GM speak, but yeah, I mean, until like I said, till the market's really set, it's hard to really you know gauge uh, exactly what they're they're going towards. One other thing that I did find interesting is this whole bally thing that just continues to linger over everything. More reports of that. Uh, the the Guardians and uh, Rangers likely to lose. The Twins said they're planning on cutting payroll. Padres. Uh, taking out a loan uh how how much of an impact is this do the Reds know what they're getting out of Bally uh do other, it seems pretty apparent that other teams do not and that's a concern and, and that might have an interesting impact on kind of the way this the the market shapes out so that's just another it's just it feels like there's just so many different factors that go into all these decisions and and, and how like the first ball is going to kind of get rolling.
1: The good news on the Bally thing is, is, is this really quickly is that I actually think that the ba- Bally is without question in a position right now where they feel, they feel good about their deal with the Reds, right? The, 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 of all the contracts that Bally signed, the Reds contract is one of the few, if maybe the only one, where I think that they like it. Which is good, which which is good. I now whether I I don't know enough about the whole situation whether that matters or not because ultimately at the end of the day if they're going bankrupt, I'm sure these other teams aren't going to be like, well, wait a minute, you're not a, you're not able to not pay us, but still but still have this deal like you you can't you can't eat your cake and have it too type thing. So uh, I don't know how that'll all iron itself out, but I do think at least for a moment when you look at it uh, from a from a step back. It is nice to know at least our fan base, which I guess that's really the only thing I can compare it to. Our fan base and our T V ratings um is a is good. Um or maybe the Reds just made a really bad deal when it came to, to signing that contract. I don't know, but but hopefully uh at least at least we're not getting thrown to the curb real quick, um, like some of these other franchises have. So all right. Yeah. The uh, the other thing is going to be here with Nick Kroll. He is going to talk about pitching, and this one made me laugh. i got, I got to be honest, Nick. This one made me laugh. I'll tell you why right after he gets done talking.
2: Nick, when you and your front office are eyeing players that, that might be available via trade or in free agency, um, are you eyeing guys that are singular in nature? And by that, I mean a guy that could just play left field or could just play right, or maybe just plays first base, or are you looking for uh, a player that can play multiple positions? I mean, the the game seems like it's heading towards the latter. I think it depends on who that person is and and, and what they can do. You know, if if, if you're looking for a hitter, then maybe they can play other positions. Maybe they play one position. Uh, If if you're looking for, you know, more of a – combination player both offense and defense uh maybe it is something where you can move around and and, and complement the the guys we have in this club you know i think that you know we we've we've focused on pitching this offseason um it's something just to add to this team we, we we'd love to be able to do but you know for us it's it's starting in relief pitching and, and I, I know this you asked the question what it pertains to in uh, uh position players but you know i think if we can add some pitching that that could do both that could, uh, relieve and start, you know, I think we'd have, uh, have interest in doing, uh, 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 either of those.
1: So I laugh because he didn't answer the question. Um, and I also think it's hilarious that, uh, <laughs> that, that essentially he, he's, I mean, what did he answer there, Nick? I mean, what exactly did he say in that whole phrase that made you think, "Oh, wow, I can, I can get a little, I can get into the brain of Nick crawl just a little bit." Um, of course, he's looking for he's looking for guys that can help the team win games. It's simple as that. I don't know how I don't. I mean, is he not allowed just to say that, Nick?
0: Yeah, I, I did find it interesting that he kind of unprompted went to the pitching and kind of gave that that nugget that. The Reds are open to the the swingman type, uh, and there was a couple guys that that did kind of come to mind with that that were on the free agent market. Um, one was Sean Manea, who was used like that um, uh, by the the Giants last year. Nick Martinez, a free agent from the the the, the Padres. The, the interesting thing I find is is are the Reds maybe looking at making their Free agent signings be that guy that goes back and forth between relieving and starting versus a guy like Brandon Williamson that we thought the Reds might look at doing something like that next year, where they bring in a they bring in a uh, a free agent starting pitcher, and then you know you either move Williamson to the bullpen, you send him down to AAA. I'm just using Williamson as an example. Williamson come to spring training, and if he pitches well, absolutely 100 percent deserves to be in the opening day rotation. But just you know, assuming he's the odd man out. It, it seems like the Reds, at least from those comments, would be more wanting to have their free agent pitcher be the guy that does that versus these young guys.
1: Possibly. I, I I also don't know if I love this the the swing type. I I just it to me it feels like if you're if 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 you're if you're not a starter, like you're probably. The reason you're not a starter, and I've said this before, is because you're just you, you can't eat up innings. You're not good enough to be a starter, so either they're trying to find another area where you can help the team, so they put you in the bullpen. If you're on the fringe of both of those, um, and I don't want to say like Luis Sessa was that guy, or you know, I'm not trying to compare every swing man to him, but it's just like I'd I'd rather have, and, and maybe this is a terrible analogy, but I'd rather have kind of like a steak knife where I know you're really great at one thing. And have some Swiss Army knife where you're just whatever at all of them. Like I, you know, okay, that's that's cute that you can kind of do this and you can kind of do that, but you're really not good at either one of them. I would prefer to have the guy that you know, okay, this guy is a starter and you know you're going to get some innings out of him, and this guy has been a pretty good reliever. And you know what? To your point, if we find a starter that doesn't work out, maybe then we can try him as a reliever and see if, if see if it sticks. But I don't think he really even, I mean, I know you're being nice and saying that he kind of was being open-ended with that. I don't even think he said that. I think the guy was just, this guy just gets on the phone and he's like literally, uh, I mean, he could run probably a campaign all by himself right now. He's ready for 2024, if you ask me. Nick Kral just. he's just scooting right through these questions without answering a single one of them. I would find it funny at some point, and maybe this is why they don't give guys like me microphones, but if he answered that question with me, I'd say, Nick, like, what exactly did you say there? Could you could you answer the question, which kudos to him for not answering it. All right, last thing he talked about uh, was the infield, right? Uh, the old infield. We got too many guys, too many guys. Here's his comments on that.
2: One of those young players uh, were in the
1: infield. Uh, we saw outstanding performances uh, from the likes of Matt McClain and Ellie De La Cruz and Spencer Steer and at the end of the season, Noel Marte. Uh, and the list goes on, but there is now a uh, a log jam there in the infield as well. Is that something going forward that you solve here in the off season?
2: No, I don't think you have to. I think we, you know, we've got guys that can play w- with Nixon Zell and Spencer Steer. They've played at some outfields. We have a DH spot, so I mean, there's there's a chance that you could see time different places. You know, last year we had we had time when you know. People talked about. I've read it, the Jonathan India stuff. But Jonathan India played second base. Matt McLean got hurt. We had a second baseman come back. We had uh, Matt McLean played short. Ellie played third. You know, Marte came up at the end of the year and and played really well. So I I don't think it's a problem that you have too many good players. Um, It's it's a good thing to have. I'm really excited to have all of these young players. um, You know, and then uh, just watching them grow. So you know, there's a lot of space to get players bats in the lineups you have injuries they happen every year and, and i think it's uh, just trying to figure out how uh, how we can maximize those at bats
1: what did you hear
0: i just heard nick senzel that's 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 the thing that just stuck out to me i'm like he's getting non-tendered and he specifically goes out of his way to mention it i know he also in his press conference Uh, about Joey Votto kind of like started to mention and then kind of backed off. So I don't know, maybe we're completely reading too much into that. Uh, One other interesting thing about the, the one before that, the only thing I would say about the, the starter reliever swingman type is the Reds did have a lot of dudes up there towards the, the leaders in in innings pitched for um, relievers like Jabot and, and Diaz and, and Sims Sims, the games that he was available, how many innings he's pitched was, was really crazy. That might be a way to protect some of that. That's maybe the only thing that I, I could kind of, you know, think, uh, think on is, uh, you know, um, it, it might be nice to have someone that could give you a little bit more length just for that. But yeah, the Nixon Zell, it's kind of uh, an interesting little uh, uh, pretzel here that, that crawls kind of used with his words over the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, those were Nick Kroll's comments. That kind of leads me right into the, the non-tender decisions and and ex- specifically what he just talked about, right? So, uh, to be clear, we're in a position now where I'm going to say it. Nixon Zell is not going to be on this team. I don't care if Nick crawl put it in. said his his name. That doesn't mean anything to me. I think that's just like, you know what I think that was? I think that was him saying, hey, if we got too many infielders, some of these infielders might have to go play outfield. That's what I heard. And you know who those guys are. I'll tell you who they are if you don't know. Jonathan Indy is one of them. Okay? Jose Brero is another one. And you can say whatever you want. And I know I've sat here and screamed and yelled in this microphone and said, Barrero, the only chance he's got to be a major league player is if he's an exceptional shortstop and infielder. And outside of that, that's about it. But then he went down to AAA, and he did. (laughs) Maybe maybe it's fool's gold again. I don't know. Maybe they're going to pull, like... uh, Maybe it'll be just like peanuts, and they're gonna run him out there for the field goal, and then old, you know, I don't I can't. Lucy's just gonna pull the football on me one more time. Maybe that's what Barrero does one more time to me. But I, I'm in a position now where I would prefer, hear me out. I would prefer to at least give Barrero a chance than to run Nick Senzo out there one more time.
0: Well, there's no rush to make a decision on Jose Barrero either, because Jose Barrero is still making the league minimum, so. Yes, he's out of options, but you can push, you can kick it down the can till the end of spring training to make that decision. Why not hold on to him through spring training, unless there's someone that's offering you a trade for him where you're getting something back? Uh, I don't know why you wouldn't hold on to him. Um, he's a little bit different than Nixon Zell. There is a uh, so when, when you see like these these figures of the the non-tender players, Nixon Zell is expected to make three million. You actually don't have to pay them the full three million if you cut them early in spring training or after like forty-five days. You only have to pay a small amount of that. I don't know the exact figure to that, uh, but you you are if you're if you decide to keep Nixon Zell, you are committing a substantial amount of money versus Jose Breyer, You're not not really. There also is the possibility, Trace. The Reds did this with Kyle Farmer where they non-tendered Kyle Farmer and then immediately signed him back to a lesser contract. Maybe there's something with that, and maybe that's why Nixon Zell's name has come up. I could see that. I don't know why if I'm Nixon Zell, I would be looking for another opportunity where I could kind of get a fresh start uh, if I had that option. But you know, maybe the Reds, maybe there's something there. I, I, I don't know.
1: I'd be shocked. And I would say that I was wrong if that happens because I think last year at the trade deadline, Nixon Zell was hoping to be traded and he's openly said that. And he wants a fresh start. He's tired. I'll tell you what this guy was a first round pick. He was a top prospect. This guy, at one point, you can say whatever you want. He was a dude, right? That's what they, that's at least that's the term that was used when I was playing. That guy's a dude. He was a dude, which means. He was the best of the best, and he still, I don't care what you say, deep down in his mind, Nick, he thinks he still can be that guy. He might think that he is that guy. And the Reds never really, I don't want to say believed in him. That's not the right word to use. But they, they, they messed with his approach, say whatever you want, changed the swing, wanted him to do some different things from an approach standpoint at the plate, moved him to the outfield, and I'm not saying the Reds messed him up because I think that's, that's unfair to say. I also think it's unfair to say that Nick Senzel got a perfect opportunity, too. Right? Both of those things can be true. How much of it, how, if you put it on a, uh, on a seesaw, how much of it would go one way versus the other, I don't know that. I just think that Nick Senzel, in his mind, would rather get a fresh start somewhere else and hear me out, even if it's for a really bad team. The guy just wants to play baseball. If you sit on the bench for that long and you are hurt that long, the last thing you want to do is go to a team that has a bunch of depth and you're going to be fighting like hell to get at bats. And you're probably, if, if we're being honest, you are pissed off at the organization not that long ago. And I don't care who you are in life. We've all been there. If somebody you feel like slights you, you know, forgiveness is a great thing. And I'm all about forgiveness. But let's face it. Deep down in your heart of hearts, you still have a little animosity. You're still like, yeah, that guy's still a son of a bitch. But, I mean, I forgive him, but I still don't really love him. You know, that's the kind of thing that I think Nick Senzel's at. So, here's what I'm going to tell you. I wish nothing but the best for Nick Senzel, but if Nick Senzel will not be a Cincinnati Red going into opening day for next year. He's just not, and that's okay. We can all wish him well. And I'm not saying I hope he's not. I'm just telling you read the tea leaves just a little bit.
0: It it really would not make a dent either way for me. Like I'm fine with keeping him. Uh, like I said, man, you want to really, you want to really prove that you're, uh, uh, serious about winning and spending. Keep Nixon Zell. He has options. Send him to triple a, uh, but, I don't would you, so. be, happy I, you. be happy about
1: that? Is anyone going to be happy about that? I know what you're saying. You're saying, you know, hey, you going to spend money. You can just spend you're spending money on just the off chance that you might be able to use this guy, because if you can't use him, whatever, you just spent the money. No big deal. Send him to AAA. I don't know, man. I look at it as every dollar you spend could have been a dollar you spent somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? So don't tell me you couldn't have gone out and signed this other guy because of that extra three or four million dollars for a specific year when we could have saved that with, with Nixon Zell. And I know that's not how it works perfectly. But in my mind, that's how I would somewhat operate in a small market. I'd go to the ownership group and I'd say, listen, guys, I, I got a piggy bank here. I'm going to start saving some money. And when I come back, I ask for all that money back. I want it. I deserve it. I saved it. That's kind of how I would look at it. The only thing that Nixon Zell has that a free agent wouldn't have, like
0: even even a, you know, a guy that you're picking up, um, is is options. You 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 can't sign a, a free agent that you can ship back and forth. Nixon Zell You could actually do that. And, and that, that's, that's that to me is his value. That's the only thing I see that is, is, is his real value. But you also, that we've talked about the human side of this as well. Is it even worth that? Because is he really going to be happy with that role? Yeah, probably not. But, um, yeah. Uh, I, do you want to run through? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go
1: ahead. Go ahead. No, the only thing, the only last thing I was going to say is like, I mean, uh, not to get crazy here. Don't want, all the, don't want all the people that I don't know if they love or hate this franchise at times to get mad at me for saying this. The, the goal here is to win the whole thing, right? Like, we're going to try to win the World Series. With all due respect, the idea of having Nixon's L sitting around in the balance to save the season if something goes wrong. <laughs> I'm not signing up for that. All right, I'm not. I'm a believer. I love the Cincinnati Reds. But if you're telling me that Mr. Nixonzel is going to come in with his cape and save the day, by God, I got something to sell you.
0: <laughs> you would have read through the rest of these guys. I did see some other questions in the chat. Yeah, please do. These are the other. These are the other players that uh, are up for arbitration. The Reds have to decide if they're going to tender them a contract or not. Uh, all the other position players, I. I think there's a 100% chance they they uh, offer the contract. Jake Freely's only 2 2 and 2.2 2 million is his projection. Tyler Stevenson at 2.9 and Jonathan India at 3.7. Again, this doesn't mean they don't trade them at some point this offseason. This just basically means they keep them around. So I think Nixon Zell's the only decision there. There is a couple of decisions pitching wise. Lucas Sims at 2.8 million. Interesting with Sims though, last year he went to arbitration and lost. <laughs> Um, which the Reds rarely do. They rarely send uh they, they try to work out a deal. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if he goes back to arbitration again. Um, and then uh, T.J. Antone at nine hundred thousand. I have to think the Reds want to ride that out. Uh, Derek Law one point four million. Alex Young one point seven. Those are the two I think are probably coin flips. Maybe a little less than that, if, if I'm guessing. But again, I, you have you have to know. How realistic do they think that they can replace those guys on the open market? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know what what players of that type of of uh, of of quality, which both of those guys were quality in their role last year. I don't know what the the you were expecting to to have to pay to replace that.
1: Yeah, a guy like Young, right? I know Mr. Wan was all about Young um, last show, so I'm gonna stick to not slandering him. I I just think that what is the open market bear is the only question I would have to have answered for that, for me to start making decisions. And maybe, maybe that's something we could find out. I just don't, I just don't know what that looks like. So yes, I'm open to keeping Alex young. If it's like, Hey, to get a, to, to get another reliever of this caliber or even close to this caliber, it's going to cost you, you know, whatever, three, three or $4 million a year. Then at that point you're like, okay, you know, we're going to stick to our, uh, we're going to stick to Alex. So pretty basic decisions. um, do you think there's any of those guys, Sims specifically? Do you think there's any risk reward ratio there on whether or not you would extend a guy like Sims?
0: It depends on the years for Sims. I mean, uh, Sims you is think, a free agent ap- after next year.
1: Correct. So, so I'm saying like, so I'm saying like, if you would you be willing to do a three year deal with a guy like that, or you're just saying like, I don't think it's worth the risk because uh, relievers are who they are and. Uh, um, but he is he's an arm he is an arm that I think that could be elite and he has been elite at times um
0: yeah i mean it,
1: you're gonna have a harder time you know getting that on
0: you'd be signing him now to to save yourself uh, next year I have to go to try to replace that guy because obviously you're 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 giving Sims some security right now that he can't get from anyone else uh but yeah i mean i' I'm definitely in the camp of of extending lucas sims um He's been a man when he's healthy, he's, he's been really good. He's got the talent. Uh, I, I I always feel like he's, he's one stretch away from going to a really good reliever to an elite dominant reliever. Um, But yeah, I'd be all for it. Now I'm not looking at, you know, five, six years or anything, but yeah, I mean, if you could, if you could maybe two, two decent cost controlled and and, and pay the guy nice. um, Yeah. I'd be all about it.
1: All right. Fair enough. Um. All right, we got some MLB awards. We're gonna do that. And then I have one last question. I do want to get some stuff, and uh, if this makes it to the podcast, so be it. But I do want the uh, opinions of those on this show for whatever reason. When we schedule this, it looks it's got a whole new interface, and there's a new ad system for whatever reason. I've not done my research on figuring that out. So if you if you're getting a ton of ads, I'm gonna put a poll up. Just let us know. We'll we'll dig into it and figure it out. Um. But keeping it moving here into MLB awards. Um, David Bell. What a guy. He got a first place vote, Nick.
0: Hey, deservedly. Deservedly. I mean, I think Skip Schumacher, just because he was able to get them over the hump, it made sense. But, I mean, I don't think anyone outperformed their their expectations like the Reds did. So, uh, David Bell absolutely deserved. Uh, to, to. I think he just should have been a finalist, but whatever. It, nonetheless, it's cool to see him get some 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 votes and be on that that list uh and then the rookie of the year matt McLean finished fifth steer sixth that steer is probably the surprise i think a lot of people thought he should have been you know at least maybe top three and then heli de la cruz <laughs> he got a couple votes he was eighth so there you go
1: fair enough the awards is a uh, um I don't, I don't know maybe i'm just a boring old guy here and and i'm not fun at all but i just it just doesn't do it for me man I've never been an awards guy. I mean, maybe if you, maybe the MVP. Like, if I had, if I had, uh, if there was a player on our, on the Reds that, that was MVP caliber, and I, maybe I could get into that. But I never bought into the Gold Gloves that everybody kept touting about. Uh, Barnhart uh, never got into the idea of of you know, I guess the, the the managers of the year. It's like I don't know. Am I boring? chat my am I, am I am I just a cranky old man for that? I don't know.
0: I think if there was like an I think like if if LED the Cruz was in like a neck and neck MVP, I think I'd be pretty excited about that, but I uh, trace I don't think I've watched a single one of the award shows. Uh, uh so yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you, but I think there would be some that would be interesting. I think I think MVP would really be one. Um I don't know. I mean, maybe the, the problem with major the the awards is very rarely do you actually have a is is there any intrigue to it you pretty much like know who's right. gonna win all these awards like would and Votto in 2017 that was that was I was locked into that uh he finished like if if, if some bum hadn't voted him seventh he would have won. Him and John Carlos Stanton were like neck and neck. So the pro- I think the problem more than anything, and it's not really that you do about it, is just most of these awards are runaway. At least it feels like that of late. Maybe it'll all flip, and next year there'll be a whole bunch of really interesting races. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We can't tell you enough how much we appreciate your support. If you had not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds on your favorite podcast platform. What are you waiting for? Do it right now. During spring training and the regular season, we are the only Reds podcast to have new episodes after every single game. And we will have plenty of off-season coverage between now and then, so be sure to stay tuned. Also, make sure that you subscribe to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube so that you can join us for live episodes of Chatterbox Reds. Hit the bell and turn on notifications so you can get alerts on your phone whenever we go live. Before I let you go, I want to tell you about all of the other great content at Chatterbox Sports. First off, there's our flagship show, Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, from 10 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday on YouTube, of course on Chatterbox Sports. Off the Bench is also available everywhere you get podcasts. Great podcast listen uh, for your drive home as it's usually posted Ah, by one or two in the afternoon every day. Then there's Chatterbox Bengals. They go live after every single Bengals game, similar fashion to what we do at Chatterbox Reds. Those guys are doing a great job covering the Bengals this season. Speaking of the Bengals, there is Chatterbox Clicker with Coach Kyle Kasky, former Bengals coach. That is every Tuesday night. Coach Kasky breaks down film from the latest Bengals game and a very innovative show on Chatterbox Sports that you do not want to miss. And if that's not enough to fill your NFL fix, there's Mac and JT. That is Wednesday nights on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Uh, That is all things NFL. They go through each and every game. And then our newest show, Chatterbox Bearcats. That is with host Charlie Walter, formerly of Reds Live. Covers all things UC Sports They are going live on YouTube after every single UC basketball game. So that's, of course, on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Chatterbox Bearcats is also available everywhere you get podcasts. Links to all those shows are in the episode notes today. So be sure to check them out. Give those guys the support that they deserve. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Hope that you have a fantastic day. And as always, Go Reds!